Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Serious Six Paranormal Podcast. I am your host, Jay Hill, with my co-host, Shane Peake. How's it going, Shane? Yep. Hey. <laughs> you there. Yeah. So, um, we had a, uh, I had a great weekend, actually. I went to Spirit and Spring in Broadhead, Wisconsin. Uh, actually, the Paracon uh, created by Nick Sarlo from Shadow Hunters on Paraflex. And it was a great, uh, great event. And, uh, yeah, I have some stuff on my, my pages that um, people can uh, allude to that and to look and check it out. And you can check out some of the teams that I talked to, uh, like we've had on our show in the past. Um, so, yeah, but tonight, actually, we have um, an awesome two, awesome two gentlemen that are hosting their own website uh, called Haunted U.S. And if I'm not mistaken, they're both they're kind of local they're in wisconsin so um i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure i know mitch is so well let's get him on and and have a little chat hi mitch hey brandon hey how's it going that's going good so like i was saying before um and there's you know being in wisconsin you know here and and having you guys are are from wisconsin correct yeah yep okay okay so that's cool so it's good to have have local boys in in the chat, <laughs> just because of the fact that you know Wisconsin's awesome, so Wisconsin, Wisconsin is without you know it's got quite a few hauntings and places to go to check out, and you know there's there's a lot of places that I would could only dream of going to, you know, but you guys specialize in finding locations and putting basically putting them on the map on your website, correct? Absolutely, yep. yeah. We're we're always looking to partner with locations and share their story while still giving them some control over that. We sure. work closely with them specifically to, to pull those facts out and make sure that what we're presenting on our website isn't hearsay or, or rumor. It's what's actually coming from those locations specifically. Right. Right. Yeah, we appreciate that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paranormal is right. Right. Filled with everything. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So, um, so uh, Mitch, tell, tell uh, our listeners a little bit of how you, kind of came up with this and, and with with Brandon together and uh you know just kind of give us a little bit of a rundown a yeah. little bit of what you do too you know a little bit about your background as well yeah so I guess a good place to start would probably be um how we came together to to start this this concept um we had uh started off um investigating um other locations with another group of folks and it was actually during a, uh, a road trip to one of the locations. I believe it was uh, Edinburgh Manor yep. down in Iowa. We had a good couple hours, uh, just him and I in the in the car. And uh, he he pitched me this idea because uh, he knew that I was a writer. Um, and he pitched me this concept of haunted U.S. like like um, all those websites that at least him and I had had been really used to in the early 2000s, like Shadowlands.net, Shadowlands, yep. Shadowlands um, yeah. where it was a great place to find a little bit of information on locations, but we always left those experiences wanting something more. And the idea behind Haunted US was to provide that something more to people like us today who are trolling the internet, trying to find the next great ghost story or something that they can experience sure. themselves. Um, and so, um, we just connected at pretty much exactly the right time and, and started spitballing ideas and, and producing the prototypes of what we wanted articles, web pages, home pages, all that to look like. And then, um, sooner or later it all, it all came together into the, the hauntedus.com you can see today. Wow. That's Heck awesome. Yeah. yeah I've, I've checked out the website. It's pretty cool. I mean, it, you've got quite a few on there. You know, yeah, I did. I was just looking at it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, glad you like very it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So um, talk about a little bit about um, your guys' um, style and investigating. I, I'm, I think that not everybody's the same way they investigate. So Definitely. I'm sure that, you know, go ahead and tell us a little bit about how your style is a good fit for what you guys do. So it's actually, it's, it's really interesting that we, we, pride ourselves on not being predominantly an investigation team. Mm -hmm. We are for, first and foremost hauntedus.com and our our content. So a lot of our 
pre-investigation is is the 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 meat and potatoes what we'll be doing is talking to the location speaking to people in town who are familiar with it um visiting local libraries the number of times that i'm i'm getting photo and video and mitch has requested that i just like drop him at the library on the way is is kind of astonishing so it's kind of cool though definitely and and we pride ourselves in that information we we really that's our goal is to present the best quality information on these places and that's that's what we what we end up doing mm -hmm. Once we get into the location, <laughs> Mitch and I actually have different uh, investigation styles between each other, let alone another group. Um, I am I am anti, I shouldn't say anti, I, I'm not a huge fan of ITC. So okay. I, I find myself in a position where I'm like, ah, I can kind of debunk that though. Like, is this our bias that's getting us to follow what a spirit box might be saying or what an ovalis is, is coming back with? Um, <clears throat> Not to say that Mitch isn't skeptical, but ultimately, I think there's a there's a differing level of what we're willing to follow in an investigation. Right. Yeah. And and do you agree with that, Mitch? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say we we um, we have our differences in the in the way we investigate, um, but I think they complement each other in a lot of ways. I think um, particularly when you're working with a, a a duo, you kind of want the the skeptical person and the person who's open to the the weird and the strange and the odd <laughs> yeah um, yeah a mantra that's often repeated while we're while we are investigating is embrace maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> embrace maybe that's a nice one i like it yeah. <laughs> embrace maybe yeah put that put that on a t-shirt yeah no kidding, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's how me and shane work you know he's he's a science and he's also a skeptic you know i'm more of the spiritual medium spiritual you know, this side, the investigations, and he does those as well. And, and so when we come together with this show, it's just kind of, so we can hear other people's skepticism and, and that's a great topic for, for Shane, you know, the yeah. science aspect of it. And so totally. people kind of get that, all that, that spectrum. So you guys doing what you do is actually works because of the fact that you guys are different and you guys have that different style and you guys reach out to, you know, kind of reach other people in different ways for the way you investigate. Now, does it come across on the website similar? I haven't got too depth in depth with that, but I mean, does it kind of come across the same way you described it? So again, our investigations don't really make the website. Um, our, our content is predominantly history. We intend to launch some, some further studies of things like investigations uh, coming up. It's not, it's not a huge priority for us, mm -hmm. um, but we would like to start producing articles on classical hauntings and those sorts of things um, right. in incoming months. Right, right. The history aspect, and especially in, in certain locations, is sometimes more of a better read than it is a better watch. Definitely. You know? Yes. I, and, yeah. You know, and some some people, you know, want to know all the, the ins and outs of a certain haunted locations, everything. But when they can actually read it on paper, it's just, it brings it more to life to me, I think. That's just my opinion. But I mean, sure. you know, watching it on, on a TV program or even a video of it, it's not quite the same. It's interesting, don't get me wrong, and it's really mm -hmm. cool and, you know, uh, it's just some of the history, the more history is written down, I think you can read it that way. And, you know, it's just, it's something that's, that's fascinating to me. Now let's talk about Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> you have, of course I have to go to Wisconsin. So um, <laughs> let's, let's pick your, your top two that you have that you Ooh. really like. Yeah. So um, I think, I think for me, at least it would be, Ooh, I love the Brumder Mansion. I've I've had the I've had the opportunity to investigate the Brumder Mansion a, a number of times, mm -hmm. um, and and it rarely fails to have a spooky a spooky night. Um, second up, new newcomer to the game, Broadhead Manor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just there, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill, yeah. Bill's setup down there is absolutely fantastic, and Bill's a great yep. guy. So yeah, 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 he is. So yeah, that. That building in itself was was a uh, pretty cool. Um, just being in it, a lot of eyes on on me when I walked in. So it was just kind of, it was it was it was kind of a creepy place, but it was cool. Definitely. You know what I mean? You could feel the energy, even on the grounds. 
I mean, even on when I was walking out of the car and I got to, I got to the curb, this voice in my head said, do not walk on the grass. And what did I do? I walked on the grass. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. And I told the story to uh, Dan Norville from uh, Exhibition Entity. And he says, oh, yeah, that's probably the principal. He's, just, he's, he's around here, too. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, I already got scolded. And I'm not even in school. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I go yeah, back sure. to a school. And then, yeah, so. We had a we had a really interesting experience up in the uh, in the music room that they had like kind of the multi level music room. That room was talked about yeah. a lot. Yeah, we had there. a we had an EDI that was was sitting in the center of the room. We hadn't touched it. We were we hadn't been in that room the entire night that we were there. Last maybe what would you say, Mitch? Last like fifteen minutes before we left, we hopped up there. We yeah. were gonna we were gonna just grab the EDI. Um, but we were like, well, let's take a minute. And we didn't get a chance to hang out in here at all. We start we start asking questions and, and kind of settle ourselves in. All of a sudden, the EDI starts making this high-pitched sound. It's not one of the alarms on it. It's not <clears throat> anything we can really describe mm. an EDI as doing. EDIs are usually very predictable right. devices. Yes. And, yep. and it's just wigging out and keeps going for a little while and then just stops. Yeah. I have no idea what was going on with the thing. But so, did you look at the data log off of that? That's I mean, nothing that's the weird. Whole purpose. Yeah, huh. nothing, nothing strange. Completely, you know, well, that, nominal that, with the rest of the data set. Yeah, that goes mm-hmm. with the story that they were talking with the expedition entity was talk, was showing a video of when they were up on the second. I think it was the music room, and I think that they were talking about uh, something and their battery's dying. I'm not quite sure if I'm remembering it right, but I mean, there's some type of energy that is up there. And even when one of, uh, one of my friends, uh, came down from there that was up there most, most of the afternoon, uh, she said, it's just, yeah, it's just energies just get sucked out of that spot. And so she, so when you said that music room, I was like, oh, yeah, so I heard a lot about that yesterday, you know, so. Yeah, it's also, you know, a part of me, the the skeptical part of me is like, you know, this this room is kind of creepy to get to. You have to go either through a, 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 a kind of odd little side hallway <laughs> yep. or you're coming up these back stairs behind the stage. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if it hadn't been for a device actually sounding mm-hmm. off and, and doing something very strange, I don't I don't know that I would have picked up on on any of right. that. All right, Mitch, same question. What are your two favorite out of Wisconsin? Two favorite places out of Wisconsin. Um, one would have to be the Mabel Tainer Theater up in Menominee. Um, okay. There, it's it's just a magnificent building. If you've never been, um, if you're ever in the area, I recommend stopping in there, even if it's literally just to stop in, just to see right. it once, because it, it's worth even that. Um, yeah. And, and make sure to check out the article on hauntedus.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, Brandon's photos of that location really capture the uh, the splendor yeah. of it. Um, mm-hmm. I've been to a lot of um, reportedly haunted theaters just in Wisconsin, and there's the one that stands out um, aesthetic wise, historical preservation wise, and um, claim and ghost story wise is across the board Mabel Tainer Theater. Okay. Uh, their their claims are are very well rooted in the building's history and the building's history is very well recorded um so you can you can if there's a claim in that building chances are you or someone is going to be able to trace it to you know what the space used to be at exactly a a particular point in time and be able to to guess or assume who or what the entity is creating that that um, that activity, which is something you don't get in every location. Right. Um, right. And yeah, it just, it comes to all together to be a, a very great place to visit and a very great place to investigate. Um, and the other one in Wisconsin is one probably we just did recently. That's the, the Lincoln Tallman house in Janesville. Um, I'm born and raised in Janesville and, mm-hmm. um, I've been trying to get in with the uh, the Tallman House to investigate for about as long as I've been investigating. Okay. <laughs> and I was, we were just finally able to uh, to get in to do an article for Haunted US, which came out a few weeks ago. Um, and that experience was really one of a kind. 
um, we we had uh, our sh our fair share of adventures just trying to um, get shots and um, everything that we needed for the, the site itself because um, that was back on the 28th of January, which was the the huge snowstorm that blew through. Oh yeah, uh, at late January. <laughs> we got some of that. Yeah. <laughs> It was yeah. it was wild driving in from Milwaukee. It was like nine a.m. It wasn't supposed to snow until one p.m. and like these big snowflakes are falling. Oh, no. It's like, oh yeah. no, this is gonna be this is gonna <laughs> be an adventure. And by the end of the night, I was like, I'm just gonna grab a hotel room in Jamesville. Right, I gotta, right. <laughs> I gotta yeah. stay out here for the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, people who grew up in Wisconsin know that that they know when to call it quits. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and then, then there's people that do not know what to call it, <laughs> and yeah. those are the people that usually see in the ditch that just. Oh yeah, you know. and and you know, it's not from lack of trying. I, I do have a four wheel drive SUV, so I'm <laughs> I'm right, still right. still willing to yeah. be like, no, this is too dangerous <laughs> for a two hour drive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about. Um, I'm still stuck in Wisconsin, so let's talk a little bit about Lake Geneva. Do you know much about Lake Geneva? I've been a few times, but I mostly from a vacationing capacity. Okay. Yeah, and um, I'm about the same bit of knowledge. I knew there uh, there used to be a Playboy Club up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now it's still a very popular resort. Name escapes me. Um, uh, the Grand Geneva. Geneva. Geneva National. Yeah. Yeah, Geneva National, the Grand Geneva. Yep. Yep. Um, and. Yeah, it's it's mostly just uh, my knowledge is it's a uh, vacation destination, and a lot of a lot of um, wealthy folks from around Chicago have homes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, and that's a lot of it. What a lot of it is, but you know, a lot of people don't realize back in the, you know, the 1930s and 40s, and it was you know, it was a pretty much a gangster boom place. You know, I mean, a lot of gangsters you know traipsed through there and Capone and sure, just far that, enough you know, outside and, Chicago, hey? Yeah, right. Yep. You know, so, um, yeah, I, I, I did, um, like I was telling you before the show, I used to do my, our show, uh, in Maxwell mansion, uh, house. It's a hotel. I, it's a, it's a boutique hotel and Ooh. that had so much activity, but it's also a very peaceful place and people who are experiencing, um, anything, but, but, you know, getting, getting, you know, having drinks and, and having weddings there and stuff like that. So it's a very beautiful place, you know, but there, there is with, with a lot of old buildings these days, you know, even the, the history aspect kind of transcends and do something paranormal. I mean, you know, it's just, you hear the history of some of these old places and all of a sudden it's just like, there's gotta be a ghost story to that, you know? Yeah. So, totally. but yeah. So Talk a little bit about um, some of the stuff that you guys have been wanting to do, but you just, it's on your list to do, that you just haven't got to. Oh, I know there's man. probably a couple places that you got, we got to get here, we got to get yeah. there. Yeah, know. it's tough. I mean, especially being, you know, uh, being physically located in one place is tough when you want to cover the whole country. We, oh, yeah. we recently big. were down near Missouri and Alton, Illinois, and it is it is hard when it's 17 hours of driving for that whole trip in one weekend and then you're just kind of like exhausted for a yep. week afterwards mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. so i mean a lot of the stuff that we've been thinking about doing and and wanting to do are the are the places that are a little further out you know i i want to go to wolf creek lodge in oregon i want right. to <laughs> hit up hit up penhurst and and uh go down to crescent so yep. there's there's a lot of stuff like that that you know, we've we've toyed with the idea of like, oh, if we rented an apartment in West Virginia for a month, a single month, what would that cost? So, yeah, you right, know, right. doing crazy stuff like that is where where you right. end up. But you know, those are those are sort of our our biggest aspirations are bringing those stories to to light and and increasing the the awareness of of the history of those places. I think that what you guys do is is really fantastic because. Um, a lot of people do need to to know about all these places and people would love to be able to experience these places, you know, through your website or whatnot. But I'm kind of seeing too that, man, if you guys had the financial backing to actually do all these things, 
you know, to go all these places yeah. and to document all these places. And yeah, um, I don't, we've been, we've been really lucky. A lot of the places will reach out to them and, and tell them about our mission mm-hmm. and, and the fact that they, we want to preserve that history. We see these places. Um, in fact, just recently in East Troy, the cobblestone in oh, classic yeah, yeah, haunting yeah. Yeah, got torn yeah. down. We see these places disappearing. Right, and right. and we we want them to stick around. Um, we were in Alton, Illinois, McPike Mansion. Mm-hmm. We we want these locations around. And and when we talk to um, these locations and their owners and say this is what we're doing versus you know let us come in and film a show here for free or something like that, they're much right. more willing to open the door and say yeah come in get some awesome photos and and we'll work together right. on the story and right. present right. it in a really beautiful way. Yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't I wouldn't put it past you guys actually maybe in the future somebody might want to you know approach you and say hey I think we could make this into a really good you know TV show or something where we could you know make people or at least sponsor yeah or be a sponsor yeah. in that sense I would not just because the idea and the concept is is fantastic I mean and it's it's all about preserving the history and I I love all that yeah. the history the historical especially like going down to Gettysburg you know, or yeah. to anywhere in the Civil War battlefields or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that type of history that people don't know about. You know, absolutely. You you wanna you wanna be able to share that in a way where people can understand it and not be afraid of it or not be you know oh I don't want to hear about that, but making it in- interesting enough, you know, that other people will share that. You know, so have you ever had any aspirations of going down to like Gettysburg or? Oh, absolutely. Know, all, okay, oh, yeah. so. Have you either one of you ever been there by yourselves or? Unfortunately, no. I mm-hmm. had I I had an opportunity this past summer, but it was between driving to Gettysburg or going to Eastern State, and I had I had to go with Eastern right. State sure. for my first right. time out there. Right. So, talk a little bit about your Eastern State um, trip. Sure. So, um, Eastern State for me was <laughs> not a ghost hunting trip. That was just uh, the girlfriend and I were in Philadelphia visiting some of her family. And um, I had a really great opportunity to bring a camera and and get a, a number of hours in in the building during that tour, just getting photographs. She will tell you I am the most annoying person when I have a camera. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm not that way. Can you move? I don't, I don't want to be here with you. I want to be here with my camera. Right and uh, <laughs> and ultimately, we we ended up with some awesome images. Again, <laughs> hey, they're on hauntedus.com. Uh, shamelessly plugging that. Um, but ultimately, it was it was really really awesome hearing about the uh, the stories within the walls, the the various hauntings of you know, the, the locksmith in the yard who, who felt somebody tug on him and, and turned mm-hmm. around and there was nothing there. And being in that actual place and, and hearing more about it is, is incredible. Mm-hmm. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Cool. And while we were there, we visited a number of other places. The, um, goodness, I'm going to blank on all their names now. The That's Hill Physic House and uh, USS Olympia, other oh. other big hauntings that are also yep. attractions that I could um, drag drag my girlfriend who's not into ghosts at all around to. Right, uh, <laughs> yeah. I understand. Yeah. So uh, you guys were just in when you were talking a little bit earlier about you were I think you said you were in Missouri. Yeah. So we went to Missouri State Penitentiary uh, while we were um, down in Alton, Illinois. Okay. We, so we talk about that. Well, talk a little bit about what what you experienced or what you had uh, found and when you when you were there sure mitch you want to take that yeah um so missouri state in particular um is a very very interesting place um it it uh from the exterior now anyway um it's it's this understandably huge wall with a, a large um mason structure in the middle where you enter Uh, but pretty much as soon as you enter you are greeted with a map that shows you what the complex used to look like and as gigantic as it is now it is probably only about 40 percent of the size of what it was originally oh wow the area where you come in was pretty much dead center in the middle of the prison at one point um and so you get this this shock of the 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 scope of the place um, because there's so much there still, but that's just a small fraction 
of the complex as a whole. Um, and the tour guides kind of go into it when you're there that the, the prison's function um, and the little mini economy that it ran uh, mm -hmm. pretty much built, helped build Jefferson City, the, the capital of the state of Missouri around it. Um, and there's so much energy still captured there. Um, mm -hmm. You get to go through um, two main cell blocks out of, out of the, the huge complex there. Um, and just being in a place like that is remarkable um and just the the sheer size of it is just doubled up upon by the sheer number of people that can be jammed into a place like that right um, oh, yeah cell blocks made for 400 people end up housing 4,000. Mm -hmm. and, oh, wow. and you know just you know being in a space like that and just thinking about it is is crazy and um having the opportunity to to experience that in person um is is something i think anyone with an interest in that kind of thing ought to do um and there's there's just a, a weight of a certain variety of suffering in a particular in some of those areas um and i think they kind of steer you away from from a lot of those particularly heavy areas um, maybe with the exception of the gas chamber, which is just a quick run through at the very end. Um, but there's one area in particular, um, I think they called it the dungeon, which mm -hmm. was um, solitary before solitary existed, um, which was, you know, it it's solitary confinement with rest, less regulations. So it's mm -hmm. just awful. And they told they told the story of someone who was put in these, these rooms, which had no light at all. It was a locked room inside a locked room inside a locked hallway with, with no windows in any of those areas. Um, they locked someone in there for over two straight years. And, wow. and that's, that's the kind of energy that you, you work with when you, when you go into a place like that. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we stopped at a lot of places during our trip, um, including, several places that were multiple things and had multiple lives, but mm -hmm. by far the, the heaviest life of any location that we visited during that trip was at Missouri state. It's, there's a lot to be had there. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy to see that people are still going to experience it because mm -hmm. it's, it's a tough thing to experience, but it's definitely something that still needs to be done. Yeah. My wow. sensor board needs to experience it. That's right. What, that's what he's right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm sitting here with Brandon Rugsy and Mitch Goff from Haunted U.S. Howdy. Um, yes. It's just been, you know, learning more about what you guys have been doing. Let's talk a little bit about more, a little more about, um, let's say, um, when you were in Alton. Did you, was there some place that you guys had a, you guys had something really good happen in Alton? Did you investigate in Alton? So it, it's interesting. We, we centered this trip around um, gathering information. Um, we didn't actually investigate in Alton, but we were able to visit and, and mm. hang out with um, Sharon at McPike Mansion and uh, David over at Mineral, Mineral Springs. Okay. Um, both fantastic people and fantastic locations. And I'm sure we'll go into detail a little further about that. But our actual investigation in the area was the Cheney Mansion, okay. um, which is up in Jerseyville. Um, we were there the night that a thunderstorm and a couple tornadoes just barely missed it. So it was a, it was an interesting night for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and names like, like Jerseyville. I mean, you, <laughs> I just, there's probably so many different towns and even in Wisconsin, Illinois that I have never even heard of. And oh, like, definitely. I, like it, I, I, I drove through Footville and <laughs> I, <laughs> I, to be honest, sense. yeah, I was like, did I just read that right? Did that say Footville? <laughs> you know, that, someone with a very specific set of kinks started that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's just it's some of these towns are just kind of drive-by towns, but then there's some of them have you know really good charm with them. You know. Yeah. Did you ever drive through a small town and think, man, I would really like to walk into that building and and you know, oh, talk to? How many times yeah. do you guys do that? 
Oh, so frequently when we're when we're going to places, especially places like Alton, where there's a lot of open ground between us and them. Um, mm -hmm. When we when we're going through town, at least two or three times, we're pointing at places like, "Oh man, wish we could get in there. <laughs> yeah. that, look, look at that! That looks right. awesome!" Yeah, right. So, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely is something that we're we're constantly looking at as we're as we're going right. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's 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 one of the things that that you know, seeing some of these old buildings that are you know was a bank and then. It, all of a sudden, it's it's now years later. It's, it's a bar, you know, but it looks like a bank, but it's a bar, you know. And it's just like the history alone, and and that. It's like, okay, I want to know the story of how that transferred into a looked like a a a bar or a, a bank and turned into a, this this bar, you know. I mean, even the totally. stories behind that, you know, history is the, layered. Right, history right, is as layered you know? as the paint on the walls, you know. Exactly, that's probably yep. the best way to say it, you know. And so, yeah, I used to love driving. Me and my wife would take drives through um, different places up north and see small towns, and it was just you wonder, you know. It's like, oh, gosh, totally. You know, you know the the history of of, you know, and doesn't even have to be Wisconsin, you know. It could be anywhere from Missouri to you know wherever, you know. I mean, one of the places that I would love to go to would be uh, Tombstone. Oh my goodness! Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, you know, I mean, I mean, just the history implications of that. I mean, it's just beyond me. You know, that and Deadwood and oh yeah, you know, so that that whole aspect of of just learning that history and researching that is is probably you know not everybody's cup of tea, but is it specifically the ghost town aspect? Um, for for Deadwood and um. And Tombstone, I think those are both ghost towns. What about like uh, Bannock for you? Oh, I don't know. That's I, way up in Montana, though. Mm -hmm. yeah, Bannock, yeah, Bannock, Montana. Yeah, that and Lodi is another one. Of yep. course. Cerro Gordo. Yeah. I say that wrong. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, even even the, the Gunslinger's Gulch, uh, Karen Broussard, that I had on my show, um, she had some activity when she when I was interviewing her. And the bar where she was doing the, where the saloon where she was doing the, the show. Oh, wow. um, yeah. And I, I want to go there so bad because, yeah. you know, that, that whole history of that is that a town being put together like that, you know? Well, and, and those, looking at, looking at small towns and, and the kind of the drive through places that, mm -hmm. that we see and, and those buildings that we point at and think what is in there, those are the stories that we really want to capture. Sure. You know, it's not hard right. to get a haunted story from Waverly Hills. It is not right. hard to right. find yeah. a story from Eastern State. It is really, really hard to get that haunted story from Footville. We weigh them the same. It is yeah. it is the haunted history of America that we want to preserve. And and mm -hmm. those two things are are equal in our eyes. Right, right, right. And, and I would totally agree with that. And some of these places... I think that with what you guys are doing with Haunted US, you know, it's it's you're putting stuff on the map that wasn't on the map that sh that should have been on the map. You know what I mean? I mean, you're actually Definitely. trying trying to find places that that actually, you know, not only just has you know paranormal activity or something like that, but the history implications. Exactly. People want to read that, you know, and that's why I said that. It's just you know reading that and seeing the history. It, not only helps either that business or even the town itself. If people go to these places yeah. and be like, you know, I saw this article and I saw the picture on Haunted US and all of a sudden, you know, we're here and look at this building over here or look at this shop here. I, I, you know, I really want to go there, you know? So, I mean, it's also helping, you know, other sure. small businesses and, and Absolutely. Other, you know, the traffic alone aspect of it. So, yeah. So what you guys are doing is awesome. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just really, I mean, for everybody to, to try to experience. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're here to help. We're here to be stewards of that history and, and um, help in, a, in spaces where maybe that, that tourism market isn't as high as it could be. Right. Sure. Right. Oh, I think yeah. that uh, there's a That's whole awesome. vast gam gamut of, of possibilities with that. You know what I mean? And so, Definitely. yeah. So let's talk a little bit to, to you, Brandon, first, um, how, and this is the, the cliche question for every podcaster who does a paranormal <laughs> podcast. How did you get into the paranormal? So it's kind of a goofy story. I, I grew up in what we believed to be a haunted house. 
Um, and the story is really long and I'll, I'll spare you guys the long story, <laughs> but, but ultimately it just, it sparked an interest. And from there it was, you know, unsolved mysteries and, and unexplained files and, and every show that was on in the nineties getting, sure. getting hyped up about ghosts and like, Oh, I'm, I'm constantly looking through TV guide to see if there's a show about ghosts on. Did you just say TV guide? I just said TV oh guide. Oh my God. You don't look old enough <laughs> Sorry, to know about yeah, I just right. dated myself. My apologies. <laughs> no, you don't look <laughs> old enough to be talking about that. TV guide, I had this flashback of my mother going, no, that's my TV guide. Don't take that. You <laughs> well, know? it was thrown. It was always thrown back and forth. Yeah, and yeah. it was. was, was oh my gosh. that brings. And they wouldn't so get done memories. doing the stupid puzzles so you could use yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. My mom is and you're like what is this and then half the page is torn off and Uh yeah or or there's like food on it or you know it's just yeah so oh yeah i didn't mean to interrupt you there but i just had that flashback tv guide oh my god yeah oh go go ahead brayden i'm sorry so so from from that point you know growing up with those shows i got into high school and I i had friends who were similarly similarly interested in in spooky stuff and there was an old old haunted road now being a a very um, fact-based group we have to say maybe Mm not Mm -hmm. but you know it was the perfect place for teenagers to go and spook themselves on a a Friday night Um, so we we spent a lot of time down there Um, and then college came and and I sort of said okay well this was fun I'm going to tuck it away for a long time Right. And yeah. and following following college, I, I saw an ad. In fact, a friend sent it to me, an ad for a public paranormal investigation. And mm-hmm. I went expecting nothing at all. Um, <laughs> I was I was assuming that like somebody was going to jump out in a sheet at some point during it. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be nothing. I loved the group so much that I put in to join and I was with them for five years. Wow. Cool. Yeah. What was the name? Can you name the group? Yeah, sure. So it's um, Noah and Gravy running uh, Paranormal Milwaukee. Okay. okay. Yeah. So um, it was awesome working with them for a while. And during that time, we went to Edinburgh Manor and had a tire blowout on our van. Oh. And Mitch and I ended up in the car together. And that's where Mitch's story picks ah, up of us starting Haunted U.S. There are no coincidences. None. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Mitch, same question. Yeah. um, So I grew up not really believing in ghosts or the paranormal or really giving it much thought at all. Um, But early in um, high school, I want to say freshman year, I moved in um, just down the street from a friend of mine in the same grade and his family was all ghost hunters, Um, which which at first I thought was, you know, well, that's a little weird. Um, (laughs) But uh, after a few months of living near them, they uh, offered to take me on an investigation to um, see what it was like. And um, the experiences I had on that investigation kind of had me hooked for life. Um, we went down to a place called uh, The Manor down in Beloit, Wisconsin, um, which was just a a big empty house that they'd converted into a restaurant some years before that had gone defunct. So it was just a big empty restaurant, Um, but supremely spooky and a lot of, a lot of activity. I went back there with that group about a half dozen times. Um, And that location actually served as part of an inspiration to uh, pursue a project like Haunted U.S. uh, personally, because the manor no longer is there anymore. We drove by there um, on our way down to the Egyptian theater a few weeks ago. It's it's being turned into like a bank now. The whole building is gone. The, the property is flattened. There's no evidence that a place called the manor ever existed there. That's sad. Um, yeah. And if I had been doing what I'm doing now, then there would be a record of that. There would right. be There would be an established thing that says here's here's what here's what was there here's what it looked like here's what the history was and here's what the the paranormal claims within it and around it were Mm -hmm. Um, which now the best I can hope for is that the bank calls us up one day and says hey some spooky stuff is happening (laughs) we're wondering why well I can probably tell you why (laughs) no that that that's a long shot at this point Um, but after that 
Um, I delved really deeply into the paranormal field. By senior year of high school, I was the guy who everybody wanted to call to turn their house parties into a seance. Um, <laughs> nice. And that um, that went on into college. Um, I was always the the guy who could dousing who could douse really well. I was a good <laughs> dousing rod user. Um, the person who, um, so I went to a, a school that at the time was the campus was about half abandoned. So they had a lot of empty old buildings and I just asked them a lot of times, Hey, could I investigate that building? They said, yeah. Okay. Um, so I spent a lot of time investigating buildings on campus. Um, that, that thing we were talking about earlier, um, just seeing a building in town and saying, gosh, I wonder, I wonder what goes on in there. I've done that a lot. Um, I call it cold calling because that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Um, you just walk into a place that looks like it's got some history and yeah. you just say, have you ever experienced anything spooky in this? Building? I've done that too. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. <laughs> you'd, yeah. Be, you'd be surprised what some people say sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I spent a good, good long time doing stuff like that. Um, just digging around, finding new stories to, to experience and to tell. Um, and then that led me to, um, the same group, um, paranormal Milwaukee, um, wanted to get a little bit more structure in life um, and, you know, get a, get with a team for the first time in what had been probably six or seven years at that point. Mm -hmm. And then came Haunted US, the, uh, the project that could uh, fulfill all my spooky passions. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very nice. So do you guys nice. take like guest articles or anything like that? Not currently, just because we're very stringent about the way that we that we handle history and and sure. Mitch being a voracious historian and incredibly fast writer, we haven't had any need to. Oh, okay. um, what we do have is uh, a team of editors that that we work with. Um, sure, calling out Cat. <laughs> yeah. um, so you know, big ups to them. We we really appreciate the work and. Um, we are we are looking to branch out in our articles and there's a chance that that could be something we yeah, do because i might be able to be persuaded to do some an article or two on you know techniques of investigation shane know, that would be fantastic yeah well let's thing. keep in touch we can definitely do that because i'm working on a book with another group of phd level people we'll have that thing out this summer awesome um, so we're working on that book and so once that's done or more done, then I might be willing to, uh, you know, have some, write some articles about, you know, how to do a real scientific investigation, sure. how yeah. to find the facts and how to get through the bull crap and totally you know, right. how to analyze data and how to yeah. do things like yeah. that. You know, it could be a, a, like a text section on the end of the website. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's keep in touch and we can talk about it. I'd, I'd also, sure. frankly, the way that you're investigating, I'd love to, to oh, yeah, well, actually, see what you're doing. If, well, I'll tell you what, when you guys do that Michigan one, yeah, let me know. That's only like an hour and a half from my place. Oh, heck there you yeah. go. And yeah, Mitch, I, I was I'll, telling I'll come about out and I'll bring the equipment and I'll bring all kinds of things you have never, ever seen or even heard of. That is, that is exactly the sort of thing we like. Yeah. So, right. So you can also um, look on our YouTube channel. There's a couple episodes called T uh, Tech Talk with Shane. Yeah, sure. you can and see he some goes of the over. Yeah, and he goes over some of those uh, things about uh, things that he's created, including yeah. the board. The the interesting you know? the interesting <laughs> That's what thing it's called. the threateningly yeah. named the board. <laughs> the yeah. board. Yeah. You know, and and the the thing about it is, you know, my goal as a skeptic slash science guy, you know, like that was to take the human mm -hmm. subjectivity out of it yeah you know? bias and, is is such a huge piece of what we do so we yeah so what we will do is you know we'll do a, a session or whatever you know we'll collect baselines for hours and then we'll do sessions and then we'll do actual statistical analysis of the data say okay during this session when we asked it to you know ask an entity to create a you know magnetic field in this room did they actually do it in the time that we told them or did they not? You That's know? incredible. Yeah. And I, I would love to be a part of that. The great thing is, is in the end, not only do you have a few little, you know, you don't, you, instead of having the little spooky clips and random mm -hmm. things, I have gigabytes of data and I have analysis and graphs and charts and, you know, 
all and kinds that's of what, that's what has the potential to be peer reviewed and yes. and be something that we Correct. can test against in the future and, um, and yes it is and, and another thing i like to do is if i can get into a location several times yeah i will do the investigation but because the consistency of the automated investigations and the consistency of the data logging techniques, I can literally compare from time to time to time, session to session. And I can also combine those statistics kind of like they do in medical studies where they'll take a study from 20 different hospitals. Mm -hmm. They'll combine it into one conglomerate study for a particular, you know, thing that's happening all at once. Have, so you, if I have you ever tested um, like the same set of variables in two different locations on like the same Absolutely. night? Absolutely. I do it all the awesome. time. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. If he but, hasn't done it, it, it it'd be yeah. amazement if he hadn't. Yeah. So wow. I do that. But I also, like I say, if I go to, we have some places local I've been to half a dozen times or more. Oh, nice. And I have hours worth of collected data. But I've also done a lot of automated sessions. So I can go back and combine those sessions into one study sure and then you can start to see bigger picture things yep bigger patterns. and you'll start to see patterns and things mm -hmm. that nobody else would ever see you know you see weird things like you know one one that i'd found recently was i kept getting you know people kept saying hey my k2 is going off my k2 is going off and it kept going off throughout the night in this one location and then I kind of pushed it out of my side at first. I was like, eh, whatever. It's just a K2 meter. It does mm -hmm. its thing and whatever. But then later on, when I started going through the data, I realized that every 10 minutes and eight seconds, there is a massive burst of EMF. Okay. So it's a, it's a you know, regulator somewhere in the building. Yeah, well, so what it ended up being was the sprinkler system out yep. in the backyard. <laughs> it's on in 10 minutes and eight second cycles. And every time that pump comes on, that electric motor puts a giant plume of EMF through the whole building. Well, yeah. if and when, you're, when walking, you're filming your YouTube show, you don't have the ability to slow down and look at data like that. That makes, that makes well, and sense. The thing is, is yeah. not only can you not, but if you're not logging everything that happens every second, like I am, yep. you would never see that pattern. You just assume no. that if, you know, if you happen to ask the entity, Hey, can you touch my K2 meter? And all of a sudden it goes crazy, yeah. but you don't know that it's right on one of those 10 minute and eight second boundaries. Right. You right. think so, you got stuff and nothing happened. Right. So that begs the question of how, how much actually that happens. You know what I mean? Where people, there's a bigger picture to this. That, there's a yes. bigger spectrum where people, instead of, you know, they go to these locations, like Shane was saying, they go to, he goes to locations several different times. And, and But for him to figure, figure out that that was because of the sprinkler system, mm -hmm. How many other investigators have gone to that same place and said, yes, this is what happens, you know, all the time. And this happens at this time and this time. And then Shane mm -hmm. comes along and says, uh, it's because of sprinkler. Yep. You know, yep. it's because, I mean, and so how long did that, and so his brain is very important in the paranormal field. And my, you know what I mean? You know, so having him to do stuff like that and to log this, but that's the whole thing. People don't want to take the time to, do that type of stuff because it is tedious. And well, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of boring if you're not a nerd. Right. And, you know, you know so still. one of the other things that, that this affects, um, if we look at the, the scale of, of, of hauntings in general, a lot of people believe that their homes are haunted. Yep. And when people will ask, my home's haunted, what should I do about it? The first response that Mitch and I always have is keep a notebook write down every time it happens yeah, because what you'll see is like right to the minute or exactly man yeah. it happens every night at 1006 when that train passes my house oh wait it's <laughs> probably something to do with that to do with the train. yeah right totally right. totally right and not to say that everybody you know you know have stuff like this happen you know but I'm, it's just when you go to major places especially places like like penhurst or you know the the other insane asylums or even in Sheboygan, you know I mean? There's yep. bigger places with so much variances that what it could be now for Shane to be able to take his board into like Sheboygan or Penhurst or something like that in a large area or something and just leave it there. Yeah. Leave mm -hmm. it there for a week. Okay. Right. Okay. And leave it there. I'll find for a every week. pattern there is and everything. Yeah. There and, is. And, yeah. And that I think would be, you know, something where, 
that would be beneficial. It not only it not only kind of curtails some of the other nuances that people forget about, but mm-hmm. it also brings things together saying there is a pattern here and we should explore totally. it so that when people well, investigate later, they're like, we know that there's a pattern here. Let's yeah. see if we can't replicate that. Let's see if we can't, you know, do this. Sure. So his idea of doing that in a broader spectrum is just, to me, is genius because it's just, especially well, for paranormal. And people. the other thing is, is you do get things that are not explainable yeah. directly. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there are times when you will get fully statistic. You'll do an EVP session and, you know, you'll do what I call the sensor walk where you say, oh, you know, you just start asking it to touch all these different things. Mm-hmm. And there are certain locations, not very many, but few and certain times we've had it statistically hit almost everything. You know, it's like crazy. Yeah. You know, so there's something there. That's that's the 20 percent of my you know, I'm 80 percent skeptic. That's the 20 percent believer part, because. Right. You know, if I never got anything ever and it always was just nominal readings and patterns that were easy to find, I'd have left it a long time ago. But, but you know, 10, 20 percent of the time you will get things that just temporally line up and with, you know, questioning or visual effects, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're just like, I don't have a physical explanation for it. And the great thing is, is I have it locked. If somebody yeah. wants to go back right. and re-review my data or if they right. want to see the video from it again, because I videotape every session sure. with a wide angle camera. It can see the whole entire room at once, basically. Nice. Yeah, that's and the way to do it. I have that camera. The computer syncs it to the data yeah. so I can go right down to the second. And if I see something on the camera, I can go look at the data. If I see something in the data, I can go look at the camera and vice versa. And of course, it records audio with it. So I have the audio from the room. And there are times and there are strange things that do come up. Definitely statistically significant, definitely repeatable, you know, so awesome. There is something to it. And none none of that is to say that like, you know, going somewhere with a voice recorder and setting it down is wrong or no. bad. It's just, you know, different ways to investigate. And I think, yeah, I think it's, it's awesome that you found just such hard a to, consistent method. It's hard right. with subjective methods because you could play that same audio to 10 different people mm-hmm. and get 10 different words. Yep. Classic. The classic example is, uh, you know, ghost adventures saying, here's exactly what we think it's saying. And it's on screen as the, as the audio is playing. So you, you only hear that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's mental suggestion. Yeah. I think that, I think that a lot of that is, is kind of what's taken over, you know, TV as is, you know, it's just, you know, all the, the ghost shows and everything. I used to watch them you know, a long time ago, every once in a while, I'll find one that I'm interested in. Um, I had the Ghost Brothers on, or the, not Ghost Brothers, like the OPO, Ghost in the Hood on the show. And those guys were great. I mean, and they were, they kept things simple. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was people like that. But when you're trying to, you're all for the entertainment aspect. Yeah. It's just, it, it kind of takes the, the mystery out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It take, takes that moment of, you know, what if they really sat down and, and, and looked? I mean, they could have, but when you get it all chopped up and into an hour show, yep. you know, yeah. all that other footage that of you know that was, you know, six eight hours, probably it's pretty boring. I just talked to somebody about that and said, oh yeah, it's it's very boring. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, like watching a lot trying to review it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like we just show up and all this stuff happens and yep, you know, and then we go home. Well, the the other problem is like a a show like that, you're worried about your advertising budget and -hmm. everything like that. You have to produce something that's compelling to get the views to stay a show. So, so you know, I'm not personally (laughs) calling anything into question, but there is an element of like you have to produce something and it's something you can't control. So how right, much of that right. reaction yeah, is Yeah, watching right. lab equipment is boring. So yeah. you know, they probably <laughs> yeah. don't want to do that. Right. So I mean that's a lot of people have taken to YouTube, which mm-hmm. to me right now is really oversaturated. It is. I mean, with yeah. content creators, you know, all, all that you know, music, everything. Everybody wants their voice to be heard, which is mm-hmm. fine. You know, and if YouTube is a place to do it, then do it. You know, we Absolutely. do it on, we have 
a show on YouTube. You know, I mean, we don't have a ton of followers, but that's not the numbers is not important to me. I was able to if one person sees this show and says, hey, I really like this guy's these people's website. I want to go check it out. And you know what I mean? So that's what it's about. It's not about getting 10,000 or 50,000, you know, followers or, you know, this or that. It's just all it takes is one person. Totally. Yeah. To, you know, to make it to to see that message and say, hey, I, I really can relate to that, you know. And yeah. so, you know, doing what you guys do and, you know, just putting the information out there. And like Mitch said before, you know, if the building's not there anymore, if I was there before, I could document what it was, mm-hmm. and, you know, what happened there. And also people do know. And the sad thing about having buildings be raised like that is really starting to irritate me because they've, they've been happening a little bit more around Lake Geneva. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I beg them, please leave it alone. Please leave the history aspect of it alone. Yeah. And just it's be, tough. Yeah. It's tough because it, those it, cities it need those venues to do yeah. things with it. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to begrudge them doing things that the community needs, but at the same right. time, there's, there's an element of like, there are layers of history there that we're yeah, just cutting right, away. Right. right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword, you know totally. I mean? It, it, you know, so, but I, and I, and I get the whole financial applications, applications of it, you know, from the, the town itself or whatever, but it, it just, there's some buildings that, you know, probably could have been a lot of different things And I'm not into politics and thank God, you know, but I just really, you know, you see a good piece of history in a building and then the next day you drive by and it's gone. Yeah. It's, yeah. We actually saw a, a, a really awesome example is um, Sloss Furnace. Uh, yeah. If you yeah. guys remember Sloss Furnace mm-hmm. featured, yeah. featured on TV programs, very famous haunt. Um, and now they, they don't allow investigations, but they do have a really awesome museum about the history and the people who worked there and, and right. um, those stories. So right. We, right. we love to see stuff like that where it's not fully getting rid of um, mm-hmm. this sort of monument to our past, but, you know, still able to look forward and, and maybe not, maybe not have people climbing rusty stairs way high up, uh, um, okay, for, yeah. for, for a nasty drop, but, mm-hmm. uh, still sharing that history with everybody. Right. Right. If and you guys, it sounds like, you know, you guys are, are doing that, you know, even if, you know, let's say five years down the road and all these buildings, you know, let's say, you know, 20% of these buildings that you did, document and investigate yep. or do whatever are not there anymore at least they have that on your website at Absolutely. least that, yes. you know you can yeah you can build that as in hey you know if somebody says hey i don't know you know what happened to the house and i you know i wanted to know and say hey this person could say just like being on youtube they could see this say yeah go check out this this website website haunted us and you want to know the history of that building it's right there absolutely you know, you know what i mean yeah. so that is that it goes hand in hand you know what i mean so one hundred percent. Yeah, we're always yeah. we're always looking for those opportunities, and mm-hmm. obviously, if anybody listening to this uh, or watching this has has any access to a haunted place that they want documented, reach out to us. We're we're always right. available for that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I think um, that we're we're gonna we're gonna wrap, but I want you to guys, you know, plug yourselves. You know, I mean, tell people where they can find you, and if you've got anything else to say, you know, in regards to the website or yourselves personally, go right ahead. Absolutely. So, I mean, we, we are uh, hauntedus.com. Um, we are available on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think we have a Pinterest. We have a Pinterest. <laughs> um, and ultimately, our, our whole deal is sharing stories and sharing history, preserving it and working with these locations awesome. to make sure that they're well known. So, yeah, feel free to reach out to us if you have a story from one of these places, or especially if you own a, a haunted location or you have access to it and you would like it documented, please, please reach out to us. Yeah. We, we pride ourselves on being a resource for uh, paranormal enthusiasts from the, the just mildly interested to the, the dedicated paranormal researcher. Um, so if you have any interest in, in the paranormal at all, take a look at our website and you might find that the, the biggest baddest haunted locations in the United States of America might be closer to home than you think. Sure. All right. All right. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. And I want to thank Brandon and Mitch from yeah, hauntedus.com. Yeah. Thank yeah, you so you, much for having us. Thank you. You can, you can check out their website. Um, they've got a lot of, of good, 
good content, I'm sure, coming up soon. Absolutely. And you need to check out their website. It's simply fantastic. Um, I want to be able to tell everybody you can see this on see this episode on um, YouTube and Facebook, um, Facebook Parapost Network, and you can also see it on my personal page. So on that note, it's about time. So, yes, thank you, gentlemen, and thank you, thank everybody. You. Thank you.